0: Hey everybody, it's Jackie Johnson, host of Natch Beauty. We talk skincare, we talk makeup, we talk all things beauty, and my guest this week is Ariana Maddox. Hi! What do we talk about, Ariana? Oh my gosh, we answer all of your questions. We do. We talk about how our dogs were in a Pharrell video together. We talk about... Uh, exfoliation. Oh, we talk about exfoliation. We talk about uh, tanning, self-tanning. We talk about laser hair removal. We, we go there. We dive, do a deep dive in my makeup bag. We And Tom's. And Tom's. <laughs> and Tom's <laughs> Sandoval's. So maybe check out Natribute this week and see what we're talking about. See you there.
1: Guys, finding quality denim
0: jeans is tough. And to find a good pair
1: without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at distilled, spelled D-S- TLD, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again, break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, dstld.com, right now, and use the promo code FERAL and check out and get a twenty percent discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. DSTLD. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com. DSTLD.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Hello, and welcome to Conversations with Matt DeWire. I'm Matt DeWire. If you haven't listened to the show before, it is just what the title there implies. It is a conversation with me, and I talk to a lot of uh, political activists, artists, musicians, and it's more of a free-flowing type of thing than a, uh, you know, question-and-answer, stiff conversation thingy-mo. Uh, if you like my theme music there, that's Les Blanks. Go to lesblanks.com and uh, check that shit out, because they're real good. I think you might like uh, more of their stuff. They're one of my favorites. And also today, I talk with one of the frontmen of one of my favorite L.A. bands and one of my favorite bands, period, Joey Ciara from the Henry Clay people. Um, and uh, we uh, recorded this conversation the day after the election, so it was real. Uh, yeah, we talk about—it's uh, we don't. It's not all political. We talk about all kinds of stuff, education, drinking, uh, living in Chicago— Polish people. Who doesn't like talking about Polish people? Yeah, and speaking of the election, uh, don't let the door hit your magic underwear and ass on your way out, Romney. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, you fucker. Not that I'm a, a fan of Obama's really. I do think, uh, in his second term, we need to keep an eye on him and maybe uh, help him along there. You know, cause sure, he's, uh, pro-choice, but, you know, there's other things, like, I don't know, drone attacks, and uh, he's, he said he was going to help, uh, you know, with whistleblowers, you know, support whistleblowers, but uh, I think, you know, he, he totally is not. He's not. <laughs> he's uh, real against that. The government doesn't like to be told it's wrong, though they're often very wrong. Um, Yeah, and I was also really bummed that Prop 37, the GMO food labeling Thing didn't pass in uh, California, but uh that just, you know, it just proves that if you have enough money in this world, in this country of ours, you could pretty much fucking get what you want, because they spent $46 million in advertising. Yeah, you could have, you know, because they don't want to change their labels, and they said that would have cost the American consumer too much. Uh, I think you already just cost us $46 million. Well, not us, but you spent it. So that we're gonna have to, if companies we're gonna, you're gonna make us pay for that. I just think that's a real load of bullshit. Because now you know, I go, I go to the grocery store and I gotta read the detailed labels because I wanna, I I wanna make, I don't wanna give Monsanto money who spent seven to six million of their own on that to make sure Prop thirty seven didn't pass. It's hard to read all those labels. Don't don't make me read those labels. I gotta take off my glasses. It's that's a lot of work. I'm an American. I don't want to work for anything. My muscles are atrophied. I watch TV. That's who I am. Speaking of which, I was at the, I was getting gas the other day and, uh, you know, I was sitting there, I was pumping gas and I was just, uh, looking off into the sky and beautiful stars there. And I started thinking about my place in the universe and how we're all, um, interconnected and really one and that, there is really no solid ma- matter. That uh, molecules are just—we're all just spinning molecules intermingling, and, and 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 before I had a, even furthered this process of thought. Thank God, I noticed that there was a television on my gas pump, and I was able to focus on who Kim Kardashian is fucking now, whose dick is kept. Kim- Who's slamming that big fucking ass of hers, (laughs) you know? I don't want to. Thank you. Thank you for putting that TV there. And they put TVs on the buses in LA. Oh, thank you. I don't want a moment of quiet. I don't want to think. Let me stare at shiny images moving about of people with plastic tits and fake lips, please. (laughs) All right, we're going to talk to Joey Ciara here. Uh, let's get on with that. Uh, it's a re, oh, before I forget, yeah, I have a, I created a Tumblr page that's just for the show. Um, it's conversations with Matt Dwyer Tumblr or whatever those websites are there. And I'm just, I'm writing up, uh, pieces about each episode, little backstory, little side notes, stuff that you don't get in the episode, how I found the guest, maybe some other things that the, that, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, special features with words on a Tumblr page about my show. Okay, let's get to uh, Joey Ciara. Thank you very much. So I'm with uh, Ciara. We're, we're, I, always, I always get worried about that. Also because I have a weird flat A Midwestern thing, so I say a lot of things wrong.
2: I have a family. My family's all from the Midwest. So. Chicago, right?
1: Yeah. Are they Chicago proper?
2: Yeah, like like uh, Logan Square. Uh, oh, wow, that's... Uh, yeah.
1: Do they live there now? Because Logan Square... No, no,
2: not anymore. They're, they're not, old they're school not Logan here. Square?
1: Because yeah. that used to be Puerto Ricanville. It still is.
2: Yeah, they were, they're were. they actually more like Bucktown. Uh, it was Western and Fullerton.
1: Is that where they... What is your nationality? Because that, Oh, that's what I was... That's... Uh, Bucktown is... Uh, or his, I'm part Polish, but okay. my grandfather would refer to his wife as uh, his Polak wife. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. We've, but that, because, uh, uh, um, no, I'm blanking uh, on the writer. It was a big, uh, um, the guy who wrote Man with the Golden Arm. He's one of my favorite writers. I'm totally blanking.
2: I don't know. About...
1: I hate myself right now. Mm. And the uh, Neon Jungle. I keep, I keep, anyway, it doesn't matter. My brain is...
2: We, we can look this up on our, our phones. But we already sound dumb. <laughs> See,
1: that shows our generation difference, because you can... You because go, I, I don't read. <laughs> uh, well, no. Oh, Nelson Algren. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, because you said we could look it up, and in my brain, I'm still going, I guess we won't find out the answer. <laughs> but also, uh, yeah, that's how we bonded, because you were you're a Cubs fan.
2: Yeah, I grew up as a Cubs fan. Uh, oh, did I, you leave the the You know, I I stopped liking baseball for a while uh because I was forced to play, you know, growing up and I learned to hate it, so.
1: So you don't like baseball anymore?
2: I'm I'm a very fair weather fan uh and I I don't really give a shit anymore. Baseball. Oh yeah, but
1: yeah, being a fair-weathered Cubs fan is almost that's. (laughs) (laughs) You're like you, you kind of like them every uh, 50 years, right? For for about three weeks. Oh, that's uh, because you used to sport around that Cubs hat and whatnot.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I did.
1: Well, you made a wise choice because it's a fucking it's a miserable existence, as you know. Um, I de- no, but uh, we didn't even say, it, but we'll say it in the pre intro. But you're, would you call yourself the front man of uh, the Henry Clay people?
2: I'll <laughs> accept the front man. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a heavy. Uh,
1: but and you do the bro- uh, the band with your brother uh, Andy.
2: Andy. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh,
1: Is he jealous that he's not here right man, now. Maybe he's co front because he sings.
2: He doesn't talk though Like if if he was here, he wouldn't. Oh, he' a... like five words. He's he's shy. He's like one of those like you know speak. Very few words, but when they when he says them, they're just rude and, and inappropriate,
1: so you're the alpha male of the uh
2: I, I don't know he he still he still trumps me in so many ways uh probably by not saying as much than so when he does there's more power and impact to what he says is and it, he he also he has it's like a a balance of power kind of thing where he vetoes songs that I bring, and he you know, really yeah he he has this kind of silent hammer uh Axman kind of thing going on. Where it's if it wasn't for him, that would be a lot more, you know, great cre- rock and roll, creative rock and roll, <laughs> interesting stuff. But he just like axes. You know. So he's
1: the uh, Beach Boys to your Brian Wilson. He's the cock block to Smile. He,
2: he's yeah. He's he's my Mike Love. <laughs>
1: That's uh, that. Yeah. Do you don't write together or do you write separately?
2: Um, usually, I write everything and then he says yay or nay. And that's pretty much it. I mean, he's like a thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh,
1: and do you argue with him or do yeah, you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, every once in a while there's something I see, I feel passionate about. Like, oh no, this, trust me, this one's going to be great. I promise. Like just have you to have- deal with it. And like, I also have to tell him, I have to like pull him to the side before band practice. I'm like, listen, for the sake of getting the song through, <laughs> don't be a dick about it. Don't, don't, don't block it before it like, Gets to be you know sussed out with the guys.
1: Does it ever get pretty heated up? Because it- yeah,
2: we, we we well, as I've gotten older, uh, we fight less, um, mainly because I don't care as much as I used to, <laughs> and also because we used to, it would often escalate into like an actual like physical fight, uh, and we beat the shit out of each other. Really? T- way too many times to the point where it hurt, like our bodies hurt and we're sore for for weeks afterwards and uh i can't do that anymore i don't want to do that anymore i don't want to i don't want to fight over anything that is related to a band because that is stupid
1: yeah f- fight for freedom which right right, right. we did yesterday <laughs> didn't we yeah the-
2: we, we have a lot to talk about
1: <laughs> uh yeah and you're uh you're i would say you're a pretty political guy now.
2: i'm a very political guy
1: uh really upset about romney and and the, the and todd aiken he won right as far as yeah cuz this I haven't done an episode since the election but I was pretty fucking nervous in the morning.
2: You know what it's funny uh I've been obsessed with Nate Silver and his you know New York Times blog and tracking all the polls and stuff um and I've never really given a shit about any of that before. Um and I think I saw him on on the Daily Show or Colbert Report or something and uh was like you know I liked what he was saying like the the average the aggregate of of all of these polls and looking at them and like the collective knowledge of many polls uh, as opposed to just one of them and also that the fact that he like called the last election you know pretty much okay. right on uh, he nailed it and I, I wasn't as nervous going into it because I, I I would go on every day and see you know if he's posted any kind of change and what is what is likely to happen. And he basically put odds on on either side.
1: Yeah, a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of the media was saying like, "Oh, it's going to be close because it's like, well, then you're going to watch more news." And
2: right. it's this is best in interest to, for for them to, you know, e- even hold off on calling certain states. Uh,
1: the media is a bunch of fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> I'm a big Chomsky, Howard Zinn sort of, uh, and it's like I just I don't I. Very rarely. I, like, look at the New York Times every morning, also because it makes me look cool if I'm in a coffee shop.
2: <laughs> See, you're older, because I, I just go online.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I have a Kindle Fire HD, so which is a piece of shit, by the way. No one should get those.
2: All right, duly noted.
1: Yeah, unless they want to sponsor the show, then, boy, they're good.
2: But, yeah... It- <laughs>
1: But yeah, it's it gets infuriating reading the. I read a lot of weird like lefto sort of underground papers. Do you read any of that stuff?
2: Not so much. Uh, I listen to I basically will listen to all the Sunday shows or on like the podcast version of all the Sunday shows. So it's very like straight middle of the road. Meet the press. and, And
1: so you really don't want to think too much. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I, I, I want to take the middle bullshit that they throw. Yeah, day and, no, no, that's and, cool. And, and, and sort it out. But uh, yeah, the the left winger stuff, I'll, I'll save that for when I go back to school.
1: Are you Are you planning on going back? to school? I, I think so, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like w- more history?
2: Uh, I think I want to teach. Actually, I think I want to work in education because I
1: because the rock and roll thing. I mean, you're doing pretty well with that. I would say.
2: I don't know actually. I th- I think that I've come to like this crossroads with the band uh where I'm not sure if I'm I'm down to keep going. Really? Yeah. Maybe this will be the first time people like hear about this.
1: That's a right? uh... Uh, that's a, I mean for me personally it's because I've, I've been into you guys for a while. I knew you before most people did. Not to brag.
2: That's true, actually. You did. <laughs> and
1: you actually once told an audience that I was dying of cancer, and I I still. <laughs> I <did. laughs> and you, I, think, I was I think, really.
2: I think I, I think I kept laughing when I was saying it, <laughs> which...
1: I was really drunk, and it seemed like a good idea <laughs> to ask you to dedicate a song to me because because I was dying of cancer. And then you dedicated the whole show to me, so that's how that really uh... was. But what would you go back and teach?
2: I think I, well, I love to teach history. I mean, history. I, I do love middle of the road history. Although people's history, United States. You know, I was is, kidding. I didn't. It's one of my favorite books.
1: I didn't. I hope that didn't seem dickish when I said no, that. No, I was no, just kidding. No. All right, but yeah, I'm kind of a history. I like have moments of things I know, and then I'm kind of an idiot because I was poorly educated. But where did you go to?
2: I went to UCSB, so I'm not like I'm not like that. You got well educated.
1: I did a, about a half a semester, uh, but a. But about a few eight balls in that go. half.
2: <laughs> so you like double the, the yeah amount you consumed or were able to read.
1: What what drew you to history so much?
2: Um. Actually, I was a film major going into school, uh, and then I, I hated all the film people. They were just really pretentious film. I mean, they're film people. Yeah. Uh, and then I switched to law and society, which was like a total waste of time, because um, that was a bunch of people that wanted to go to law school, and they're they're worse than. Film school people, uh, but in in doing the law thing, I ended up liking all my history classes. And it's one of those things when you go to college, you always want to have like some cool, weird major that you could say, oh, I was a law and society major, or some kind of, it's exten- a- ex- yeah, some kind of cool title you can give yourself. Uh, and then history just seemed like, oh yeah, well, I took history throughout high school. Why would I want to do that? But I ended up loving every history class I took, and uh, by the time I was Close to graduating, I said, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll be a history major and, and take three more classes."
1: Would you teach history in a? Co- you don't want to teach in a high school, right?
2: <laughs> I would teach in a high school. Um, the thought of like going in and being a high school history teacher for anything longer than like five to like eight years is terrifying to me. Um, but I'm actually interested in like education policy. I think that our schools are kind of you know they're getting messed up.
1: The the public schools or the
2: yeah. It's the, the the process of uh, the way that education is set up right now. Um, I it, it is frustrating. I, I have friends that are teaching in charter schools. I think charter schools are a cool, great idea, but the fact that so many people are left up to like a lottery to like get into these like charter schools is really frustrating to me. And so, I, you know, while I like the idea of a public charter school, I, I, I there's got to be a, a better way to you know have better teachers and getting kids that have less opportunity getting more of those kids a better education than they are obviously getting
1: yeah it's uh it's pretty upsetting how shitty i remember I, I went to one of the worst school districts in the country for high school and i visited a friend of mine's high school in chicago yeah well he was in the north shore it was uh what the fuck was the school oh Nutrier, which was like and they had like computers <laughs> they, right, right, right. i was like we had nothing and i was just like this is, and it was a public school and it was all just because of the tax dis- distribution right, of right. nonsense. And I was just like, this is fucking bullshit. And it's like, you know, and the old adage, the rich get richer type.
2: <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, if if I did teach and I, and I do, I would want to teach in a pu- public school, like a low income public school. Um,
1: like that Jim Belushi movie <laughs> the, <laughs> where he goes and makes it different. Yeah. Of course there's I, I, been I'm
2: going to go make a difference and then like 2 years later just like get the hell out of there and uh, go teach in the suburbs again.
1: Yeah, cuz if you taught at a college, I'm just saying and then they find out you were in a rock band, you're going to get a lot of students hitting on you, chickies. You like I'm just saying that's what I would do.
2: That's why I have to like limit myself by making sure they're all under 18 so I'm less tempted.
1: Yeah, <laughs> unless they can keep a secret, man. But, yeah, because even your band is a history reference name, Henry Clay. Yeah, yeah. Do you probably get asked that all the time?
2: We we do, but it's it's changed, though, uh, because I, you know, it was just like a dumb band name that we came up with, um, and Henry Clay. It had
1: nothing to do with, like, you didn't have a, a yeah, sort of affection I don't, I don't
2: for him? Like, yeah, I like, yeah, a crush on Henry Clay or anything. Um, but at the same time, as I've gotten older, there's part of me that I think that has gotten uh is, is it still working? Yeah, it's still working. <laughs> uh, I think there's part of me that, you know, Henry Cleo is the great compromiser, pacifier. Uh, as I've gotten older, I feel like I want people to, like, agree more. And it's frustrating because as left-wing as I am, I still get frustrated that people can't figure out how to communicate and agree. And And this actually, I think, this election was important to me, too, um, cause my parents are, you know, they're Orange County used to be, you know, pretty Orange County conservative. My dad was a cop. Really? Um, yeah. He came, came over from Chicago, moved to LA, joined the sheriff's department and was a, a cop for 30 years. He
1: wasn't a Chicago cop, was he? No,
2: no. Um, but for the last three elections, my dad has voted Democrat, which is kind of goes against what, you know, the, the law enforcement mentality has been for the, you know, history of law enforcement uh, but he's done it l- largely because I can make an argument to him and he's a reasonable enough guy that he I think has listened to me and Andy preaching to him like a bunch of lefties but also listening to his side of the point of view and being able to actually like challenging him challenge him on things and then he's you know he called me up and was like stoked that Obama won it was, it was just this kind of amazing moment for me that like my dad has turned and he, he lives in, you know, if... That's uh, as
1: uh, righty uh, as it gets yeah, down there.
2: in your Landa, on his block, I mean, I'm sure he's like the only Democrat on the block.
1: It's, yeah, it's upsetting how...
2: But that's the spirit of Henry Clay, a compromise, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, there was always, I, the one thing I read about him and uh, did I, uh, is that he freed his slaves. I, I love when people make a big deal that people freed their slaves After in their will. And I'm like, <laughs> it's always white people. are like, oh, that's great, isn't it? It's like... What would have been great Slave, yeah. you never had slaves or right. freedom but did you has your dad ever said anything like right wingo that you're like oh yeah like did that you sort of found yourself going a little to the right
2: uh no the the, the, the argument that he's made that I, i've the most right wing I, I think i get is when he he's argued on some level against the amount of pensions or the the pensions that teachers and police officers and firemen get. I mean, because he's saying he's like, I don't work anymore. I'm retired, but I'm still getting paid. You know, almost ninety percent of my salary, because it's been set up by unions, and this is this was part of why I, you know. People. He's
1: opposed to himself getting a good. Yeah, that's I, I, interesting.
2: Yeah, and it, it is a weird argument. Um, and I have a family full of teachers, so that, that's clearly influenced my, you know, desire to be a teacher. Uh, and they have, they, they worked for 30 plus years, but they, they, you know, they're not doing so bad. I mean, for educators, for working in the public sector, uh, because they get, I mean, really nice pensions, really but nice pensions. Is but, it
1: better than what they make? Cause I have some teachers in my family as well and they, they don't make shit. And I mean, California
2: they... teacher unions are really strong. And I think that for a while it was. I, I don't. I don't know if across the country if it is as nice here. It's different now. I mean, most of my my teacher friends that are young will get pink slips at the end of every year, and they get. I mean, they basically get fired and rehired and fired and rehired because.
1: Sort of as a scam to.
2: Yeah, because schools are aren't willing to like let them accrue years towards, uh, you know, getting like any kind of tenure or whatever. Ah, oh, that's fucking bullshit. I know, I know, and I mean,
1: I personally am like, civil servants, like, yeah, give them a good pension. It's like,
2: well, that, that that's my argument is that in order to make them competitive with the, with the private world, like, the idea of pensions and the idea of like, why the hell would you want to work in the public sector, uh, unless you, there was some kind of bonus or some kind of idea that you or there's some kind of perk that you can get that would make you not want to, you know, get a job that you would potentially pay more or have. The possibility to earn a lot more money being in the private sector and so i think in order to be more competitive the public sector has to offer you know
1: yeah and it's like i mean your dad risked his i'm sure like saw some awful shit oh but yeah but your dad's like a guy who or a fireman or something it's like to me it's like they deserve a good pension i mean most i think everybody does
2: yeah uh for you know sticking their necks out whatever but at the same time the the idea of the system going bankrupt or you know that is largely based on on people getting way older than they were i mean if you retire yeah, yeah like the idea of my dad being or people being able to retire at 50 and then living to 90 and work, and for 40 years getting large checks uh that that was his problem with it which is a, a kind of a standard conservative person's position on 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 that issue right but i also think that you know he's he wasn't making like 200 grand a year being a cop or anything where people working in the private sector have some of them have the opportunity to make shit tons of money and yeah absolutely
1: and it's like i don't know but it's like we always talk about what we have for financially in this country and what we don't and it's like we never say, like, well, the Navy's going to take a real hit this year. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> we always got plenty of money for that kind of stuff. Right, right. And it's like, we have the money. It's just a matter of whether we...
2: Where we choose to allocate it. Like, yeah. Which, yeah. which is basically a reflection of the values of the society or the administration that you choose to, you know, represent you. Uh
1: that was really articulate. <laughs> Thank you. Because I say a lot of like these fucking guys. <laughs> I get my real blue collar out about it. But yeah, and it's it's yeah, and it's. Did you know that the whole teachers' Madison strike, that whole that whole propaganda that started about them being overpaid and all that stuff? Right. You know that was part of a Koch brothers think tank. They started that shit. Really? Those guys are so fucking. Like
2: with the Scott Walker anti. That was stuff? all
1: Koch brothers. I did not know. They that. have a number of. Extreme like right wing think tanks that they fund. They make thirteen million dollars a day. By the
2: way, wow, it's insane.
1: Yeah, so them to just fuck around with pe- you know like people's lives is just like we. It's like a hobby. They've done it's unbelievable when you start digging into what they've done, and that was an experiment to see how to handle future situations like that. With how that, and, would. right? Yeah. Wow. But it's like how teachers like how do. I would understand them like being like fucking with the EPA and stuff like that because it's like they're oil men. How does fucking with teachers' income affect their lives? It doesn't. I can't get my mind around it. And why?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think you have to actually look twenty, thirty years ahead, and <laughs> and and hope to God that we have smart people that are well educated and that actually is not just you know this elite breeding and more elite and breed breeding more elite and blah 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 like that there's there needs to be more intelligent people and i think it starts you know in the trenches which is teaching but i agree and it, it, i think it's in the best interest of business to you know say fuck it we, we're we investing in in you know intelligent human beings uh by not like well, you know holding the balls of educators an advice group
1: yeah it's like but and it's like you know who who do you think's gonna buy your products if we're we're all a bunch of poor <laughs> blubbering idiots like if you know poor
2: blubbering idiots are, are probably a substantial part of the economy <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true i've seen tlc yeah
2: yeah i go to a walmart and
1: i oh my god i went to a walmart in maine once and it literally was fat toothless i mean it was so stereotypical hillbilly it was
2: terrifying i have a good story we were on tour and uh we were driving through kansas from, we were going from denver to kansas city and there's virtually nothing in between um you pass you know topeka at some point i think or wichita one of one of those but between then there's nothing and, and we were starving we were like dying of hunger and uh and then we also needed to get a uh, an air mattress cuz our air mattress had a <laughs> hole in it uh, cuz we we packed as many people into hotel room so we had we went and we found a, a Walmart and you know we've really never gone to Walmart before none of us have uh and we're going to go you know get some food get get some lunch there uh and by the way we are were, we're famished we are i don't think we had breakfast that morning and it's like you know 2 in the afternoon
1: maybe hung over a little from the night before
2: <laughs> very very likely. Uh, we went into a Walmart and you know walked the aisles and it was one of those things. Everybody kind of split up and went their own way. You know people have different eating habits. We kept on circling back on each other and nobody had anything in their hands, but because we we're just like watching the people that are like there at this Walmart. Um, and, you know there's people that are like 30 years old carting themselves around because they're just morbidly obese young people that looked like they were I mean it, it, Andy and I said that there was like uh it's like you take somebody's face and you just like distort it a little bit like photoshop uh that's how they, everybody looked they just had like a face that was like slightly photoshopped like and you know scraping the bottom of the gene pole uh, it's it's the, the fried pan you know
1: yeah it's like I, i'm not i wouldn't say i'm like hey i'm super handsome but it's like when i go on the road and i start seeing the, i'm like Holy fuck! I won like the genetic lottery, because it's it's terrifying. This
2: was the bottom of the gene pool, and and we all we lost our appetites. Like nobody ended up getting anything to eat there, and we walked and we walked out without getting anything because we were every person in the band was just like horrified by what we saw, and I exited a Walmart, vowing to never go back to Walmart again.
1: Have you guys toured Europe at all? No, because it's like I'm. Every time I meet Europeans and stuff, I just want to be like, so, like, a, I'm sorry about the Bush years. <laughs> uh, there's been people that come into my bar, like I don't charge. Like, hopefully, my owner doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> but I was like, it was some like Irish people. I'm like, I'm really fucking sorry. I was
2: gonna tell people to go into your bar with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys want to get a free beer? Just, well, uh... Especially what well, during the Bush year but All it was, right. but
1: it was like, yeah, it's, but it's like when you start driving around the country and you. It's fucking terrifying.
2: There, there are some places that it, I mean, the clock is is definitely turned backwards, and it's frightening because because he's I don't have an idea of these places truly existing when I'm here, and and you don't realize it until you're, you're, you actually see it, and it, it it is scary.
1: We forget being in a in a city that's filled with very attractive, well read, <laughs> aware people. <laughs> right, that the rest of like. And actually, if you ever get like jury duty or something, even, you just, you, it's not even that far outside of the city where you.
2: I have jury duty in two weeks, actually.
1: Yeah, look around. All right. Because I, I had court a couple of weeks ago and I was like, holy shit. Like, when there's a room of 100 people and I'm the best looking person, that's, <laughs> it's like, I was like, oh man, just, they must, I don't know where the fucking are coming from, but they aren't Silver Lake Echo Park people.
2: <laughs> the, the cream rises?
1: It it certainly does, <laughs> but also just the bumper stickers you see on, like, I we were driving around Florida, and it was like, this guy just might have well have had a bunch of bumper stickers that were just, like, saying Obama's, right. the N-word, like, it was just fucking unreal.
2: Yeah, I, I forgot where it was, I, it might have been Kansas, and there was, like, a, a, a billboard that was very similar to one of those Hitler-Obama billboards, and...
1: Koch brothers, by the way.
2: Oh, it is so frustrating. Um, I mean, also, you know, I think it's it's one of those uh, celebratory things that people do after the election. You know, the, the winning side looks at how the losing side's reacting and, like, kind of laughs at it. So, you know, it was really nice to, like, see Karl Rove and Donald Trump and Victoria Jackson, like, just kind of make Ugh. asses of themselves.
1: It's amazing. Um, and I think that it's funny because I think those are the people who, they're really hurting the party because it's like, you're, I mean, there are those people that we see that are fucking, you know, the low genetic people, but
2: mm. it's like,
1: it, they're so fucking crazy. It's like, who is getting on board with this stuff?
2: You know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's frustrating. Um, I have family members that like live in, in Kansas and Nebraska and, you know, I think they look at. They they look at me and Andy like oh you you're a bunch of like left coast crazy you know
1: probably bisexuals
2: <laughs> yeah exactly because
1: uh, Andy has got long hair
2: yeah Andy 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 does both ways good I'm just kidding no you're not <laughs> maybe I'm not um, but and yeah and now but what was the and th- it's frustrating because I, I want to talk to them like the, my my problem right now is like. I want people to be able to communicate rationally and 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 I, I think I'm spoiled by it like we we're talking about having a my dad who uh he he's a guy that was convincible. And what is it about him that was different uh than a lot of other people that I I've talked to that aren't convinc convincible. Um and I think part of it is, you know, my dad is not a very religious guy. Uh and that I mean, that frames, like, that's like a foundation that you're good luck shifting that foundation. uh, Like, a reasonable person can be shifted if, if they're not weighted down by this idea of, like, there's, like, a God factor in
1: it. Bill Maher says the best thing about faith, and it's that faith gives non-thinking virtue. And it's like, and, and my mother right, right, right. That's a great quote. is a right-wing, born-again Christian and 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 it's I will challenge her and she's like I don't have to think about these things and that and it's right. that makes me see because I'm like you why wouldn't you want to think about anything like mm-hmm. why would you just be like that this is just what I'm gonna believe like right. she has no interest and in, and it's due to her church telling her and it's just it's baffling to me yeah but I think most people don't I don't know if that sounds arrogant but I don't think most people want to delve deeper.
2: Part of that is because it's easier. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's easier it to is. not. I mean, like both of us are pretty neurotic people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say. Oh yeah. Uh, because and part of it is because we, you know, there's there's the little rat running around circles in our head, and fucking with our brains and making us, you know, question things. And there's a lot of time and energy spent uh, that make us miserable <laughs> but but my argument is that you know uh the highs are higher and the lows are lower the high highs are are still worth it to me to have an overactive brain that actually questions and, and, and takes into consideration these things that i think a lot of people are, are able to you know live live life at 70 percent potential by by taking that, you know, that the part of their brain that they dedicate to re- their religion their religion or uh, the religiosity that they have and they just like put it somewhere and they're just like, this this is stowed here <laughs> and I'll never get to like experience this. I'm 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 making hand motions to people that can't <laughs> see it obviously.
1: I um, there's a little camera in my wall. Good. Yeah, it's it's uh There are days where, like, and because I started doing this show and I interview a lot of political people, like, now I've had to be even more aware. And there's days where I'm like, I got to, I can't, like, I shut down mentally. I don't know how dudes like Chomsky do it every day. He's a, but he's, like, kind of a mental god. Yeah. But speaking of religion, though, do you have any, do you walk down any? Do you walk down? No, no. You Uh, don't?
2: I'm, I'm. I grew up,
1: would you like to pray with me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're holding hands right now. Um, no, I'm not religious in any way, shape or form. Uh, I grew up I went to Christian school, but my parents sent me there mainly because they wanted me to go to Christian school for, the, for elementary school. And so I went like first through fifth grade to like a little private Christian school, but uh, they needed my parents were religious, really. Uh,
1: Sometimes those are better schools. I mean, right, right, and, and
2: the, that that was why I went. Um, and then you know, it, it, we would go to uh, Christmas and Easter. We would go to church. And my my dad's side of the family is Catholic, uh, Polish Catholic, hardcore Polish Catholic. Um, so when my grandma was still alive, she would come visit us from from Chicago, and we would go to this. I, I would occasionally go to mass. Uh, Mass
1: is fucking brutal.
2: On 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 Christmas Eve and, and it was all in Polish too. There's we found a Polish Catholic church. Wow. In How Portland. old were you? Uh this was this was like in high school, I guess. Or like that's extra. High, high school
1: Catholic Church is brutal, then in Polish.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but because they were Polish it was just like a mini Mart and nobody I, knew any different. That was a <laughs> Polak joke.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it it was fascinating to be part of that sometimes right?
1: i feel like i got cheated because i like a, you read like scorsese stuff and he's like he because he's like i don't think he's he's there's a lot of catholicism in his movies and but like the tradition of it i feel like i got cheated but i'm also like relieved that i didn't like ideally i'm like oh man that tradition would have been nice but
2: it's it's very weird to me I uh, i just i remember i had a, a professor back in school who's, who like taught about middle ages, uh, it was like my middle ages history class, and he really wanted to emphasize, he's like, I don't care if you take anything from this class about any dates or treaties or whatever, names, popes, whatever, but just the mentality of how people considered that their lives are are supposed to be miserable. Uh, this kind of perpetual serfdom, this perpetual peasant, like (laughs) wakes up every morning and and lives this life of misery. And like, it's so hard for us in this like modern, uh, the way we think nowadays to even like fathom, like what it must be like to wake up every day and and just know that like life sucks, but the entire point of this is to, you know, get into heaven. But also the idea in the Catholic church that that is the only way to get to heaven. And, like, this, this obscene power structure that, like, this mon- monopolized a pathway to heaven that justified your in- horrible, terrible, miserable <laughs> existence. Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, which would, that kind of stuff still gets to me where I I, I feel compelled to talk to people and, and, and ask them about, like, how they are able to... Uh, reconcile the history of of where they come from versus you know the tradition or like the history and tradition of of what they now believe uh with such like a different way of people or different uh, mentality that people had in the past um and i keep on coming to like big offensive blocks uh,
1: they get offended by you
2: Yeah, I mean, the the idea is that whenever you talk to anybody about this stuff, like there are toes that you you step on, even by asking questions. Like that's that's been mostly my thing lately is like instead of me like offering my opinions, which are more atheistic and liberal, quote, uh, (laughs) uh, I I would rather ask a bunch of questions about like, well, why why do you believe that, or like how how can you reconcile that? But at some point, that's that's almost more offensive because it uh it makes people say what like say shit that they like their brain can't handle the cognitive dissonance that almost inevitably comes up from having to explain their current position with uh I don't know, like a modern sensibility.
1: Yeah, most people can't like the Catholic Church has been a little little bit better about getting on board with science. Mm-hmm the uh, Dalai Lama is pretty – actually, he sides with science over if there's a conflict, which I think is pretty amazing. He's like, if there's a conflict between science and spirituality, he'll side with science, which is pretty hip. But I've recently learned to do what you were saying. Like if you – instead of being like, well, let me give you some facts. Right, right, right. <laughs> start asking questions, and it's like people usually can't answer, and they get – Offended or angry because they, I think, subconsciously or even consciously are going. I don't know. <laughs>
2: right. Like, and there's the circuits aren't like connecting. But I feel like that happens too. Uh, so th- this election has been really interesting because, um, I don't know. I I got back into it. I got I got really into it this year, um, and I have a lot of friends that are also on the left wing. However. I have accused several of them for being for being bigoted, like and uh, I forgot. It, it, well, I had a friend that basically just came out and said you know, he thought Mitt Romney was evil, uh, and I did the question thing, but but asked asked him at the same time, like, do you think that you know by articulate or framing something in terms of evil versus good, like that there is like a religious component to it. And it was kind of like a similar kind of a meltdown, where at at that point, if you consider somebody evil, like, like what what the fuck does evil even mean? Like that means that there is there is good and then there is evil. It, it, yeah. And there's there's some kind of like moral relativism to being able to say to say that. I mean, you know, it's the same as like one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Uh, there's right, right. Like, uh, and so. It bothered me that this person whose you know, vote I would agree with, I mean, he w- he's going to vote for the same shit that I'm going to vote for, was still framing things in, in a kind of, I mean, I think good and evil is like a medieval way of looking at it. Which things.
1: is when Bush does it, it's like kind of, we go, man, that like, fucking idiot. <laughs> that's, right, right, right. But we all do that. I and, mean, but, uh, I've caught myself And doing that's that the as thing.
2: Well. I, I, yeah, I've, I've, I'm totally guilty of doing it too. And I, it's only since I've gotten like a little bit older and less fiery about it that I think I've like taken a step back and, and asked myself is it smart to frame things like that and when you do that isn't that just as fucked up as doing as uh the people that we have criticized for doing the same thing based on on you know their religion and i think that we have a responsibility being if you are a non-religious person like i'm a non-religious person you have a responsibility uh, to frame things without having that kind of good evil uh, yeah,
1: which is totally subjective, for starters. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Taliban w- and all those, they never, we're evil. And they <laughs> right. and, and in their eyes, it's, yeah. And and at times, the United States is pretty fucking corrupt and awful. Right, right. You know, not actually very often. <laughs> but it's like, and Romney doesn't, that guy is, completely believes he's doing the right thing.
2: Right, I, I mean, most people that exist on this earth, I, I would say very few of them uh, think that they are doing anything
1: horrible. Hitler w- was a little evil.
2: Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, with th- style,
1: th- th- that <laughs> fucking suit and mustache.
2: Right. Well, I mean, that, that's that's the extreme of the argument that I, you know people have been like, "Oh, you're not going to call Hitler evil," and 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 it's like, oh, you know, that's a yeah. It's, it's such a loaded thing, like. By my, by my, the way of, I look at the world, Hitler is terrible. He's the worst, the worst. But I'm still reluctant <laughs> to call him evil. Like, I, I, I still say, by my standard, by my sensibility, he's like a despicable, shitty human he's being. He's a
1: sociopath. It's, a, I mean, it's like, that's, a, it's like, really, it's like the guy was a little goofy
2: in the head. Right, but he also was unifying Germany, like a Germany that good had been, at being
1: goofy in head
0: had, had,
2: <laughs> had been stomped on in World War One, and he was unifying Germany. To, and, and the crazy part is he was successful at doing that in in a way that he had people follow him and follow his leadership, and that's terrifying. That that's that's the most terrifying thing in the world. Uh, that's you yeah. And people have, I mean, yeah.
1: Well, they, that's the thing is, that, uh, he's evil. It's like uh, there's a lot of people who got on board with that.
2: Yeah, and, and that, that, that's, that's a problem. lot of evil it's like people. The, the Stanley Milgram experiment.
1: I don't uh, even know what that is. Well educated.
2: So, <laughs> the Stanley, Mil- it, it was basically, uh, they had a guy in the other room. Okay, so was, you were told, "Hey, hey, Matt Dwyer, come in. You're gonna do this lab experiment."
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, I know.
2: And, and then there's the guy in the other room who, like, you're supposed to like turn this like shock thing on. It's it's like the Ghostbusters one. Yeah. Uh, and and you hear this. See, so you, you do the first little shock thing, and you hear the guy go, "Ugh." The research, the Matt Dwyer, like pushing the button to shock this guy, kind of like looks at the the scientist and says, "Like, should I, you know, should I be doing this?" And <laughs> and uh, the scientist says, Yeah, actually we gotta increase the voltage. And then you go to the next one and the guy goes, Ugh, you know, and then it just gets like more and more and then you know, people become flustered and, and they you know, they're responding to the authority of the scientist, this guy had a lab coat who's just got a clipboard and telling you what to do, and you're saying, Okay, uh I guess I'm going along with you because you're the expert and I don't know. Uh but like you following that kind of authority I mean, that's the thing. Like, the idea was that you get normal, regular people that will follow that kind of authority to the point where they they would press the button and the guy wouldn't make a sound anymore because it was assumed that he was like, wow. And and it's crazy. I mean, you definitely had people that resisted it and fought against it, fought against the authority and said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Um, But the psychology of so many people actually, like, pressing the button and just, you know, even with their head in their hand uh, I think I remember seeing film it it's, ama- and it's a and like, there's a film about it or a I've seen it. you should watch it it's it's terrifying but really good
1: It's I mean it's like I think we've all have done that a little bit it's on some level in life oh, yeah. like I remember, I was the guy who got picked on a lot so when somebody else got picked on I was like
2: fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> it's not me But that's like that's like the Stanford <clears throat> prison experiment Where they turned they had like prisoners and then uh, guards, they like they like gave like a bunch of like Stanford kids jobs. They're, like you're the prisoners, you're the guards, and they like they eventually kind of fell into their roles and their positions, where like the guards were ended up being really cruel. Anyway, that's that's. that's I, I think
1: most people, most it's weird because <clears throat> on a bigger scale, it's like most people trust our. It's weird how much our people trust our government, and like we're free and we're right, and it's like our government drone attacking and all. It's like, but we we. I, Fall in line. Yeah, and we refuse to admit that our own country does horrible things.
2: Right. No, I... I I, I don't know if
1: I needed to make that point, really. Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I think it's a valid point.
1: But I, I want to get back to um, the... Uh, <laughs> I was just looking at it at the time. But the what makes you question about leaving music? I mean, could you really do that?
2: Um, A couple of things. Well, okay. One, I have horrible tinnitus that I got, which is oh, really? which is like permanent ringing in my ears. Like, oh,
1: I I have that too, and I don't even play in a band.
2: Yeah, I I got it pretty bad uh, after a recording session that we had, and my ears ring, you know, terribly. Like I like if it's ever silent or quiet, it is just the worst. So I always have like a fan blowing or air conditioner or, or you know something going on. I I have an app on my phone that just goes. Ksh- uh to kind of like mask the ringing in my ears so oh, you must be horrible yeah it's 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 terrible and I, i've I, you know i've been smarter about it um i was an idiot about it early on you know i'm like in the recording studio like cranking up like a fender twin reverb and being like i don't know if it sounds right let me let me get closer to this <laughs> speaker uh and you know i just kick myself in the head for doing that uh but you know, it's it's like it's like a permanent thing. Like it's not going away. It's there's not getting. There's no better. way to correct that. No, I mean, there's like therapies to that they have to try to make it bother you less. It, it's essentially it's like um, it's a nerve issue because the nerve cells that are in your ear are damaged, and it, it's like it's almost like a phantom limb. So if I chop off your finger, you still feel like a pain in your finger that doesn't exist anymore. So it, it's essentially the nerve that hears a sound. That hears a certain pitch or a frequency that nerve is damaged and like the ringing you hear is, is the phantom limb part of it it is like that is the sound you are now deaf to that is the missing part of so whatever pitch that you are I mean even after a concert uh, and a lot of people's ears ring after uh, they go to a loud rock concert whatever pitch you are hearing it's like a sound that you potentially could go deaf to and so there's You know, in my hearing test, there's like a notch, um, right, it's it's something around 8,000 hertz, but there's like this 8,000 hertz, like, notch, and they said that's kind of the typical noise-induced hearing loss notch uh, from just listening to, you know, traumatizing my ears (laughs) by playing obscenely loud rock and roll music.
1: So that made you start thinking maybe you should get out of this?
2: That made me think, like, oh, shit. Like, th- this is, this is a medical condition. Uh, like this is bad. Um, yeah, and so and also it it fucked with my social life too because you know I would go to I would go to shows like four or five nights a week because that's I, I had access to all these venues and Silver Lake and it was so easy to, to go to whatever show I wanted to, and now or and also just going to bars with your but, your buddies and your friends. I had to wear. I had to bring earplugs. I still. I mean, like I have in my late, my change pocket of every pair of pants I have. There's like a set of earplugs that I have, just to go out.
1: But and you should take, be doing. I mean, I should have done that too. I never do.
2: Well, I, I don't. You don't do it until it's like too late, you right? Know? And so you go into a, a bar at the bar, like the Blackboard up the street. Is like I love that bar, one of my favorite bars, but it's super loud sometimes. Like like bad for my ears. Loud where I question, like, oh, man, can I go in there and then exit and not have done even worse damage to my ears. So I bring my freaking (laughs) earplugs, and then which makes, like, the whole situation shittier because I have to... I I am at a bar trying to communicate and talk to people, (laughs) and I'm just like, what? Huh? What'd you say? Because I can't have fucking earplugs in my ear.
1: But don't you think, like, all right, I've already done... Like, is it... it, You've already done the damage so I can't no, Playing? because the damage could get worse. worse.
2: Like, and that—that's the thing. It's like, it's just imagine that you have, <laughs> you have like a fucking vice grip on your nipple right now that is just like, it hurts. maybe I do, and it always hurts. <laughs> but you deal with the pain, and then you, you, you know, your standard of pain changes. Uh, and then imagine like, the potential of it if you twisted that vice grip. <laughs> And then the pain got worse, like the threat of the pain getting any worse than it already is. I mean, this really started happening about two, three years ago, and it was the most terrifying thing. Like it was like the dark ages for me because, you know, in my brain I'm like, how can can I live with this? Like, is is this ever going to go away? No, it's not going away. I've had doctors tell me it's not going away. Um, So you know, your brain goes to fucking dark places, Um, but. It's also, you know, it's like a pain scale. Your your brain also is an amazing organ that says, "All right, that that's how it is. I'm going to set my my pain standard to zero. I'm going to recalibrate." And so, with with a certain degree of pain, that is that is your new zero. And does that make sense? Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. It's okay. just funny because
1: earlier I was like thinking about topics to talk, and I was like. <laughs> In my opinion, I was like, oh, you have this, you're like this young guy, you've got this up and band that's like popular and well respected. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's got like, your life couldn't be any better. <laughs> like, I'm like, you, life is going your way. It's like, I wish my life was that good at any moment. <laughs> and, you know, and like, you're <laughs> like one of the top LA bands. Let's say the top LA band. But no, and, but you're like, in, you're, everybody I know loves your band, and like, I've even heard people like in bars be like, hey, you hear the new Henry Clay, like, that's pretty fucking tits of the world, and then it's like, nah, no, and you're like, ah, oh, i might go teach history. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know. But I mean, that just shows you something in the world.
2: Right, uh, it, it's, it's definitely something, I, I've, I've struggled with this, obviously, for the past three years, since it happened, uh, or since the, you know, hearing loss and the tinnitus was like, oh, shit, uh. You know, I had to convince myself start thinking of a backup plan, Um, which was really hard to do because, while I never, I never ever 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 thought that the Henry Clay people or any band I was in would ever be anything besides a hobby. When it became more than a hobby, when it be when people started, digging it's like in your it, life, right? Yeah. Now is now it's like my life, and it like when you get rewarded for doing something that you never thought you would ever get rewarded for doing. uh That that's the best feeling in the world i mean it's it's
1: crazy i mean the fact that i get I'm, i rarely set my alarm clock and that to <laughs> me alone is like one of the best fucking things in yeah like most days i, I drink coffee i fuck around
2: <laughs> right i i i've gotten the blessing of being able to do that as well
1: yeah don't you think like but oh. it's, it
2: screwed me up though because in in getting any of that even for like a year or even the smallest amount of time it 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 made me it made my brain just kind of do like this kind of cockeyed twist where now I'm like, this is great. Why would anybody work forty hours a week? <laughs> uh,
1: but I still have panics too, where I'm like, like there's weeks where I'm like, what
2: the fuck are you doing?
1: Like right, what? and I don't know if that's Catholic Irish weird guilt or what. Well, I'm but Polish,
2: and I, I have that. Yeah, you know, most of But uh, and
1: I mean, don't you think too? It's like a couple more years, we're gonna be millionaires. <laughs>
2: Uh, I, you know, I, I've really tried to be horribly pessimistic and cynical and, and my worldview is basically expect the very worst to happen.
1: Uh, you are working class, not and then Catholic. If, <laughs> and then if
2: anything, if anything good happens, you're just lucky, you know? And, and that's been the Henry Clay people, uh, which is, I think what, why people have liked our band, uh, because, while so many bands move to LA or like there's stars in their eyes and there's this idea of like, I mean, people are ridiculous here. If if anybody is listening to this podcast that is not from LA, people are ridiculous here. Uh, Their, their hopes and their dreams that they, they put into something um, like music, which I, I, you know, might be a little romantic here, but I, I do believe that, the great bands, there is something that is natural to to their greatness. Um, and when you try to manufacture something, when you try to manufacture something and pass it off as organic, people are smart. Like there's something in us, there's something biologically hardwired in us to, to reject something as being artificial. Um, and I think that's so much of what attracts musicians to Los Angeles is like this artificial premise uh of the thought that they can be compensated for you know jamming around and looking <laughs> like assholes and wearing whatever they want to wear on stage and that's not real and i think that the success of the henry clay people even on the smallest level and you know we're not successful but we like did okay and made some fans was was based on like here's a handful of dudes that look like they don't give a shit or they look like they are not doing this for the reason that so many bands in l a are doing this where we were like a novelty for being like a suburban garage band that happened to live here <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> you one of the, and many people say, i mean one of the better live shows in the, in town like you're one of the best live bands in l a by far thanks man I and it's sure. all very uh there's a great deal of uh it's very there's just a lot of fun going on up there is right. how it looks like. I mean, it's great. And you don't actually see th- that in LA. There's very few bands that it, there's a lot of bands. It's just like, you fucking want to be here. <laughs> like, right.
2: I, I, I see that I have a lot of friends that <laughs> uh, are in, in bands that, you know, I like them as friends, but like I, I, I watch it the, the way that they micro manage and, uh, Yeah, I I don't know. Like, like look, look at the business model of their band, um, and you know, at some point, I want to shake them and say, "Enjoy this. You're playing music. If you enjoy it and do it sincerely from the bottom of your heart, and you have other guys in the band that can do that, that should be good enough to be contagious. Uh, Maybe on a small level, but I, I do think that sincerity is contagious."
1: Uh, I, I completely agree. I mean, in a weird way, like uh, Duncan Trussell was putting it, it's like there's you when you first start doing this, you're you're learning how to communicate, and then right. there's a way you finally click in your way to communicate to to your audience or whatever or the cosmos even, right? Right. How he, but it's like, and if you're doing that insincerely, people. I mean, people can you, detect that. Yeah, and it's amazing when you see a guy in a band who's fucking faking it. Fucking, it, people zone out immediately.
2: Well, I'm sure you, I mean, in the comedy world, it's, it's the same thing. Like, There's obviously a lot of parallel. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, it's very, I think that's why there's such a connection between comedy and music, because right. every, every comedian I know is a music fanatic, and kind of a lot of the other way.
2: I, I, I love comedians. I, I...
1: And yeah, it's, it's real. and I think every comedian secretly wishes they could be a rock guy.
2: But. I I secretly wish I could be a comedian, but I, 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 really I, I can never never do your job. Some
1: people cross over; it's really weird. David David Yao tried a few times. Really?
2: Yeah, he talked about it on on,
1: on earlier episodes of my show.
2: I that was when actually I tried to stream today. To, oh, to did do it? Some did research. it not? No, we had no, webs. We had some problems okay. with the
1: website today or the server. I don't know that I don't deal with the technical. But and like
2: s- Jonah, for example, uh, who I, I was. Who's going to do the show with you guys?
1: Oh, yeah, because I want to talk about it. What, and isn't that we're doing a show together?
2: Yeah, December 17th. I'm and, not doing comedy. Matt's doing comedy.
1: But you guys are playing. We're playing. And you're doing, you're, uh, it's, is it a fundraiser or am I insane?
2: It's, it's oh, weird better. because it's a, it's a free show, technically. Um, I didn't drink out
1: of this bottle, by the way. I just don't.
2: Here, just have these. Nice. <laughs> clank, clank uh it's not like a fundraiser straight up in terms of like hey you know you pay five bucks at the door and it's going to this but we're doing like a live record uh of every night that we play at space so we're doing four nights in a row there or four nights throughout the month there and recording a live cd and any money that comes into the cd we're not going to make any money we're just going to put it towards songs for kids and the foundation um Andy, my brother, works for them, who you beat up, who I beat up repeatedly, <laughs> and he's bisexual. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, he he works for this company, and it's I've I volunteered there a couple times, but I, Andy's like a he's out there like you know doing it every day. He they go and perform at children's hospitals, um, in some of the toughest. I mean, part of the reason I I don't go back and and do this anymore is because, like, my heart hurts uh, because it's tough. You see sick kids, and I I don't respond well to seeing sick kids. Um, But they go and they perform pop songs, and, you know, whether it's Itsy Bitsy Spider or, like, Taylor Swift. That's awesome. Yeah, he does that pretty much uh, every day, and he goes in the morning um, with the Songs for Kids guy, this guy Josh, And he has a bunch of LA musicians that go in and do this and they perform for the kids. And, you know, these kids, some of them are coming out in wheelchairs. Uh, You know, some of them are going through chemo. They come out and they're like dancing and singing along and like they give them some instruments. It's like it it hurts my soul because it's like such a good thing. But in so many ways, it's so heavy that it's hard for me to like participate as much as my brother, who I think is fucking amazing for getting out there and, and being a bigger person than I am for being able to, to do it. Um, and so the songs for kids guys, we've become pretty close friends with, and you know, they're actually, they started in uh, Athens, Georgia and kind of spread to Atlanta and they kind of took a couple of other little like satellite areas and cities. And now they're in LA trying to like, kind of make it happen at the uh, children's hospital here. And they do also do work at the Shriners too. Um, so yeah, the, it's like a benefit for them. I don't anticipate them making much money from our live record because I don't know if there's enough people to like give a shit about Henry Clay live record to like make them any money. But the idea is that there's a network of musicians and and people that are connected to music that I think would benefit greatly from being exposed to the idea behind this company behind this you know is basically a charitable organization. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I I can't say enough good things about those people, so
1: And you, I think you're underselling yourself by saying no one's gonna care about
2: it. Well, I mean it you know, I, I, I anticipate giving them a check for a few hundred bucks. Uh
1: but then but then you're gonna have I mean you'll have a ton of people promoting it. it it, and it's a good cause, too. It's, it's a
2: great cause. Uh, and, uh, it's off.
1: I'll steal it on the internet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to download on the internet. I think it's going to be one of those things that we just say, like, donate whatever. Like, if you want to oh, donate like, uh, like te- a, a buck or, or if you want to donate 20 bucks or whatever, you know, you, you, you get the download, you get to listen to the record. It, do
1: you have a rough idea when that's going to come out? Um, mm-hmm. We're going to try
2: to turn it around quick Because the most annoying thing would be to be like Hey, give money And then in two months, three months <laughs> I think so I think the idea is that we're going to try to mix it And get it to people like pretty much immediately that's Or a... within a couple of weeks, a month That's, that's awesome
1: Do you have uh, any websites and things to plug
2: um, Before
1: we sign off here?
2: Well, I don't know Henry works That works
1: Thank you very much for listening to Conversations with Matt Dwyer. If you enjoyed the show, please tweet about it, tell your friends about it. Uh, You could even donate money to it because, uh, you know, it costs uh, me to do these things, and it costs Feral Audio. Uh, Dustin Marshall, the wonderful Dustin Marshall. uh, This is pretty much his life, and sometimes that guy's eating paper bags. And uh, so we got to... Let's get Dustin a sandwich. Something vegetarian. Uh, but you can donate there through the website uh, fer- at feralaudio.com, the conversations with Matt DeWire. If you can't afford to uh, donate, you can purchase things through my Amazon link. Why don't you purchase some things through the... I just uh, bought uh, the, uh, the, uh, Mike Hodges, Hedges' book, I forgot. He wrote uh, the uh, uh, "Illusion Empire of Illusion. There's another book I'm actually reading of his. It's really good. So go through and buy some of his books on the Amazon link, and I get the kickback there. Uh, also explore the Dong, the other shows there on feralaudio.com. There's Dong Teeny and uh, Duncan Trussell. Johnny Pepperton's got a good show. Oh, and here's something cool. I've got a... I started a Tumblr page, Conversations with Matt Dwyer. And it's just about the show. I'm writing pieces about each episode and a little bit of the backstory. I think you'll like it. I think you will. Thank you very much. And as uh, my former guest and friend once said, Pete O'Neill, power to the people.
0: Some of mine. You would waste some of mine.